All right, ladies, gentlemen, and children of all ages, welcome back to the Wellbeing and Your Wallet podcast. Uh, today, it is myself, Grant Gallagher. I'm the financial well-being, uh, head of financial well-being here at Affinity Federal Credit Union. Uh, also joining me today is my co-host, Sean. Sean, say hi to the folks. Hi, everybody. Yes, my name is Sean Lubitz. I'm the vice president of retail and digital branching here at Affinity Federal Credit Union. Thank you, Sean. Uh, Welcome back to all of our return listeners. For those that are new, thanks for finding us. Uh, Please uh, like and subscribe and please keep on listening. Uh, Today, you'll be pleased to know that we have a very special guest joining us today. Uh, It is Katie Gallagher. Uh, Katie is currently a middle school math teacher and she's previously taught high school math and financial literacy. Uh, Katie, why don't you say hi to the audience and introduce yourself a little bit. Hi, everyone. Um, Grant basically said it all. Um, I teach math at middle school. Um, this year coming up, I'm teaching seventh grade, but I've taught basically all levels from sixth through twelfth, including financial literacy. Uh, right. Middle, middle you, school. Katie. I feel like that's a... That's I love it. In, I was going to say, that's always a, the interesting group of people, I feel like, as far as students go. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> So in those of you that are uh, uh, are sleuths amongst us have probably noticed a common last name. Uh, so Katie is also my wife and has been generous enough to join us today on the podcast. It's going to be uh, all so, about Grant. Uh, oh, we're going to talk oh about boy. all, the, all the, the secrets that you can give us here, Katie. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm regretting this already. Oh, boy. Uh, producer, can you mute everybody's mic? I'll just take it from here. It'll, it'll be fine. <laughs> all right. So jumping right into our icebreaker question of today. Um, and you know, obviously this is a back to school, uh, episode. So back to school shopping can be very stressful. Uh, Sean, in your experience, do you have any tips for keeping your budget on track when shopping for your kids? Sure. I think the the biggest thing for, for me and my wife is understanding how quickly children go through things. Um, so it's always kind of, when your kids are going to kindergarten and you're excited and you buy them these nice things and you spend a little bit more money and you know, it's, it's their first year in school. And then you realize a lot of what you just bought them is completely trashed after a month. (laughs) Um, so children love to just destroy things, um, come home and you're like, how did that hole get in your backpack or your pants or your shoes or dirty, whatever it might be. Um, it's inevitable. So what we try to do is we try to get obviously quality items for our kids when they do go back to school. But with the understanding that we're probably going to have to replace a lot of these things throughout the year. Um, when it comes to clothes, they grow like yep. insane amounts throughout the year. So not trying to over-purchase clothes early on in the year, kind of waiting and, and budgeting and making sure that we we purchase things when necessary throughout the year. So that's kind of my advice is, you know, be understanding and have an idea of, again, how much money you are spending and then understanding what are you spending that money on? Is it something that's just going to be, you know, almost tossed away after a couple months and, and how much are you willing to spend on that? Katie, do you, do you have any advice on here? I would say when you're doing your back to school shopping, don't be swayed by like the bells and whistles. I'm just picturing walking through Target and it's like back to school shopping paradise. And <laughs> obviously there's like um, quality difference in some things, but your rose art crayons are going to color the the same as a Crayola crayon. So obviously like you buy what you want, but the quality isn't going to be that much difference. Um, And then I will also say as far as like the supplies, keep up with like what your kid needs. So 
probably by like December, maybe check in and see like, does your kid need like more notebook paper? And at the beginning of the year, I'll say, yes, you need 300 pages of filler paper. And maybe you've only bought half of that. But I promise you, we are going to use all those 300 pages. <laughs> that's that's a good point. It's uh, there, there's that shopping list. And, you know, you should probably stick to it and, and not not overdo it. Um, you know, look, look for those opportunities to, to save a little bit on, on that, uh, that list. All right. Well, thank you to the both of you. All right. So, uh, obviously today we're talking about back to school, you know, it's a, it's a stressful time of the year in its own right. Um, whether you are the one going back to school or whether it's your kids going back to school. Um, but you know, even more so when we consider the financial cost of it, you know, it can be very expensive, um, tuition itself is very expensive when we're talking about higher education, when we're talking about K through 12, you know, all those, uh, supplies, all the clothes, all of the, uh, extracurriculars they're likely going to be involved in. Um, you know, so, so today we're talking a little bit on some tips on how to make this year a little less stressful and a little bit more affordable. So, uh, you know, as, as an overview of everything parents need to know about back to school shopping, um, you know, what, what sort of advice do we have in terms of best practices for budgeting, uh, navigating discounts, um, even shopping online or utilizing secondhand stores? Um, you know, what, what advice do we have for, for those that are, you know, looking to do that back to school shopping and, and really trying to make it affordable and, and less stressful? Yeah, I think um, buying in bulk, uh, again, to an extent is always a good thing. Katie brought up a, a great point, right? It doesn't have to be the name brand product all the time, um, especially with certain items like crayons, markers, pens, whatever it might be, they're they're serving their purpose regardless of the name that's on the that's on the label. One thing I will say too is where I think we've done well with our kids is when we do go out and shop and we do go back to school shopping. Um, I know it's not always easy for everyone, but take your kids with you. I think it's a good learning experience from the standpoint of they understand the cost of the items and what goes yeah. into that, you know, what is being spent on them going back to school again, keep it exciting, right? I don't, I don't ever want them to feel bad, but at the same point, I do want them to understand that there is money involved. It doesn't just, you know, appear one day and they're ready for school. The other piece of that too is again, depending on their age and, and how old they are, understanding the budgeting aspect of it as well, right? So, hey, we're looking yeah. to spend X amount. You're going to have to, you know, give back a little in certain areas, whether it is, you know, the sneakers or the outfit, um, the school supplies obviously are a necessity, but yeah. a lot of it getting ready and preparing and obviously wanting to look good, feel good. You know, you want your kids to be confident going back to school, but allowing them to have that understanding that there's a cost associated. It doesn't just, you know, yeah. again, appear in their, their bedroom for the first day of school. Yeah, I, I would totally turn it into a budgeting exercise where, <laughs> you know, they have that list, make them write down the cost of everything that's on that list and, and add it up. So they really understand what that is and, you know, try to put that in the context of chores or, or side mm -hmm. jobs or things that it would take for them to earn that money. So they really kind of understand the, the value of, of a dollar and, and just how much of, you know, the parents hard work goes into it to, to pay for these things. Um, you know, it's very easy to, to walk down the aisles and point at something and say, I want that. But then when you realize it's twice the price of something that, you know, is just equally as good, just not as shiny or, or flashy. Yep. Um, it's kind of an important lesson to, to learn early to, to kind of curb that, uh, never ending. 
I want this from, from, from your kids. Right. Yep. Um, you know, another thing that, that I, I can think of for this is, you know, we know that back to school is coming every, every year. And, you know, a lot of those essentials that are needed don't change from year to year. So, you know, think about that in the upcoming months, you know, even at the end of the school year, um, what can, what goes on sale? What's cheaper? You know, you might be able to score some, some cheaper stuff because it's, nobody's thinking about back to school at that point by shopping early and just kind of getting all that stuff out of the way. Um, you know, and, and also ask your kids, what, what do you still have from last year? You know, what, what's still reusable? It doesn't have to be all new pens, all new markers, all, you know, this, that, the next thing you, you can definitely save a few bucks just by continuing to use the same stuff that you had from, from last year. You don't have to throw out the entire pencil case and, and get a new one, even though that's tempting, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure everything, <laughs> I'm sure everybody wants that new pencil case, but <laughs> do you need it? So another thing is, you know, when, when looking for those big ticket items, um, you know, a lot of people, I think they realize that student discounts are out there, but they don't really think about the value of it. Um, you know, my, my kind of key tip here is, especially when you're looking for something like a computer or a laptop, student discounts can save you a significant amount of money. Um, and there's a lot of sales around that back to school season. And usually you can use that student discount with that additional sale uh, price. So, and, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that are, that are big, big Apple fans. And even though Apple stuff doesn't go on sale all too regularly, they typically do have stuff for back to school season and they typically do have a, uh, a student discount. So, you know, always something good to, to look for never even hurts to ask, you know, even if they don't advertise it in a lot of places, you can just ask, you know, do you, do you offer a student discount, um, and see what you can take advantage of there. So never, never, uh, skip out on that opportunity to, to save a few dollars. Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. Katie, do you have any thoughts on this? One of your earlier points I was just going to agree on, um, buying things maybe not necessarily during back to school and kind of comparing prices like all throughout the year and maybe even places you wouldn't necessarily think like when I'm doing my grocery shopping in the ShopRite ad, there's like pencils and paper and stuff. And maybe I'll compare the price there versus like staples or something. And when in doubt, there's always like the dollar store, but you have to compare like, is this actually worth a dollar or should it have been less? So you just have to compare and look at all of your options. And Katie, to that point too, I have a kind of a question for you, obviously being a teacher, we, we try to buy some extra, right? We're fortunate enough to be able to, to buy some extra supplies and be able to donate them back to the school for people who maybe are in a situation where they can't afford them. Is that something that you do at your school as well? Like what would that look like from the, the teacher's perspective? Um, ensuring that all the kids do have everything that they need, or does a lot of it fall on the teacher, um, which I've also heard as well, to to make those additional purchases? It definitely depends on your district. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be in a district where a lot of our supplies do come from the school and the school budget. So um, I don't really have to put the necessities out for my kids, but if there are kids who are having some hardships we put out there, hey, the school has like uh, the like cut myself off. I'm currently in my classroom cleaning up uh, a teacher who had retired old stuff, and mm-hmm. I have like six binders behind me that are basically brand new. So if a kid needed them, they're here. So if families have the means to like supplement other people, um, 
who's going to say no to that? That's amazing. And there are kids who like, maybe they don't have enough money for the notebook. So if you, if your child brought in two, I have that second one. And then I don't need to like put that kid on the spot and say, Hey, why don't you have this? And right. just kind of slide it to them. And yeah, if, if you have the means, that's amazing. That's great. Yeah. And to that point too, is there, there are some community programs out there that do help provide free school supplies or, or supplement them. Um, you know, there are lunch related programs where you can get reduced or, or free cost lunch, depending on your financial situation, you know, so really just kind of do some, some research and, and find out what sort of additional cheap or, or cost saving options are out there. If, if you are financially struggling, cause there, there are, there are support options out there sometimes. I mean, it's not everywhere, unfortunately. Um, but they, they may be more common than, than you realize. Um, and then the other thing I, I wanted to mention too is, you know, just think about just overall that whole school year, you know, think about those extracurricular activities, think about the cost of lunches, um, and plan, plan for that to be an area where you focus on saving too. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of sports are seasonal and when it's like the end of that season, there will be sales on last year's gear. And I'm telling you, 99% of the time, your kids aren't going to know that it's last year's gear versus next year's gear. It performs just as well. I mean, if they're super into it, they might, but you know, your mileage may vary there. Um, but then again, in, on the topic of, of school lunches, uh, you know, packing a lunch and, and bringing it is always going to be a cheaper option than, than buying at school. Unless of course that you, you qualify for those, uh, uh, affordable options that, that I mentioned before. So, you know, just think about school in general and all the expenses related to it holistically and budget for everything, plan for everything. See, see where you can get, you know, some, some discounts and some savings, um, you know, instead of just waiting until when it happens, which is usually when things are, are the most expensive. Mm -hmm. All right. So, you know, pivoting, we're going to talk a little bit about how, uh, affinity and in, in your financial institution can help you navigate the back to school process. Um, you know, obviously we have a ton of information on, uh, just different ways to save different ways to get ready, different ways to budget. Um, you know, and that's through our online education portals. We have our webinars, we have our seminars. Uh, and then of course, uh, you know, Sean's whole team ready to answer all of your questions. Anytime you, you go to a branch or, or, you know, call in for, for our digital branch. So, you know, they're there as a resource to support you. Uh, definitely want to encourage everybody to take advantage of that. Um, Sean, any other thoughts on, on what, what ways we can support our, our uh, back-to-school members? Yeah, I think, I think you touched on a lot of great things. One of the things, and again, I feel like we, we continue to talk about it almost every podcast, definitely in previous podcasts, is don't wait till last minute, right? So we all know when school yep. starts. Um, if you come to us a week before the, the school year starts and you're wondering how you're going to pay for things, we have options for you, but it's always best to prepare. Um, if you yep. know that you have someone that's going into kindergarten or, you know, is getting for their getting ready for the first year in college, high school, whatever level it might be, come speak to us uh, a couple months prior. We can put that plan together for you and, and relieve some of that stress. And again, you'll feel more prepared when the school season does start versus, you know, the, the summers go by very quickly. Uh, I know for me, you yeah. look at the calendar, you're like, oh my goodness, like school starts next Monday. So what do I need to get? What do I need to do? How much money is this going to cost me? Where to your point, if you start budgeting for that a little bit earlier, at least have those conversations earlier, 
it's going to release some of that stress come, you know, that, that back to school time. Yeah. And, and, you know, planning earlier just gives you that much more time to figure things out. Even, even if you don't have a clear answer, you can at least start to think about, you know, what ways you can get to where you want to be. Um, and that's, you know, that's true for, for most things in your financial life is start early, start those conversations often, um, you know, and, and stop by and, and talk to your, your local representative for, for more assistance. All right. So now we're going to talk a little bit about uh, just financial well-being and back to school from the uh, teacher perspective. So Katie, we're going to, we're going to put you in the hot seat. Uh, these are all going to be, you know, real, real tough questions for you, I'm sure, but uh, we'll, we'll go easy on you. So Thank you. of course, um, I, I don't want to pay for it later when you do my <laughs> dinner and you, you know, accidentally drop a whole bottle of hot sauce in there. So I'll, I'll be on my best behavior. I think you should do it anyway, Katie. I don't think he would mind that, honestly. <laughs> Maybe not a whole bottle. Maybe just a couple dashes. Um, so from a financial wellness perspective, uh, how do you manage stress related to financial concerns while being an educator? So I think educators have a lot of the same financial stressors as any profession out there. I read a lot of uh, the teacher subreddit and money is always like a hot topic. Um and you always hear it's like a, a running thing that teachers don't get paid well, but I think it depends where you live, what district you're in, all of that. So um, I guess the the first thing is obviously teachers don't work in the summer, but they're also not getting paid. So if you can spread your paycheck from 10 months to 12 months, um, that might be a little bit easier to budget because um, then you know really what you have month to month and you're not getting to the summer like, oh, I have no more money left. Yeah. Great point. A lot of um, health insurance plans have flexible spending accounts. So I think that's helpful for like it co will cover like, I don't know, toothpaste, a contact solution. Like, so that's a good way to save some money. Um, and lots of plans do have like healthcare perks that you can take advantage of. Um, trying to think of like just general things. There's uh, professional development that's out there that's free that maybe you don't necessarily have to pay for. But to that point, um, you have to be wary that they're not trying to sell you something. So you kind of mm -hmm. have to gauge like, is this good for me? Um, maybe not the best option, but if you are able to um, shop around, like what district is paying better. So if you are in a financial hardship in a current district and you have the opportunity to move somewhere that will pay you better yeah. and you are able to go for it. Yeah. Um, and then I think the biggest thing that is helpful for like financial well-being, mental well-being is get off social media. And I know that's probably not what affinity <laughs> wants to hear because how are you going to reach <laughs> the people? But you always hear comparison is the thief of joy. And there are TikTok teachers and Instagram teachers out there making their classrooms look amazing, but you don't know what their financial situation is. Maybe they're yep. independently wealthy or just mm -hmm. teaching for the fun of it. So they have the money to make their classroom look amazing and have that little reading nook and personalized supplies for your kids. But you're, it's not realistic and you don't need to have that kind of classroom to teach your students. So I think that one, especially for younger teachers who might not be high on the like pay scale, um, definitely get off of social media. It's not yeah. good. 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that's from from any point in life, honestly, right? I know if I go on social media, you see the people who are always on the cruise or on they're on the tropical island or they have the brand new Mercedes, whatever it might be. It puts that again in the the, the front of your mind that this is normal. And to your point, it's not normal. Um, right. Yeah, and you don't know their situation either. So that's a that's a good point. It it, it looks great, but I I would not want their their loan payments. I'm sure no. they're astronomical <laughs> and, and they're going to be paying for quite some time. Um, but no, all, all fantastic advice. And, you know, a, a few nuggets I just wanted to highlight there is, you know, managing to make sure that you have a steady uh, income flow, you know, managing your cash flow to be consistent over the year definitely makes things easier. Um, you know, even though school is not in session over the summer, the bills do not stop over the summer, obviously. So being able to just manage and, and stretch that out throughout the year. Uh, is definitely uh, an advantage. Katie, do you participate in any participate in, or do you have any resources for a teacher-specific financial education programs? I do not. I've never actually even heard of these kinds of education, financial education programs, since it's usually the other way around. We're the ones teaching financial education, um, and it's kind of funny that that is the way it is because my first year teaching ever, they gave me financial literacy to teach. So mm-hmm. as I'm teaching it to, um, at the time I was teaching it to sophomores, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. This is how you make a budget. So I was kind of learning along with the kids, but granted I was right out of college, so I didn't have like world experience, but um, no, I don't have any uh, any knowledge of these. Well, I would definitely encourage, you know, those of you out there who are looking for resources as, as a teacher, um, you know, your local credit union, I mean, Affinity particularly, loves to come into your classroom and support and supplement whatever materials you do have. So we can give that real world perspective beyond what the textbook is sharing. Um, you know, we do tons of webinars with students. We go into classrooms and provide presentations all the time on, on every topic out there. Um, so, you know, I can certainly speak for us and say that we are happy to do that whenever there's an opportunity. Um, but most credit unions in general are willing to do that as well because they're, they're big, big advocates for their community and they, they try to support their, their students and their teachers as much as they possibly can. Good to know. You know, what's, uh, I was going to say, you know, what's interesting about that too. My daughter, uh, I think she was in sixth grade and they taught financial education, which I thought was amazing, right? I think every, every school needs to touch on financial education probably every year throughout their, their entire time at school. But they did a phenomenal job teaching them uh, budgeting, what it's like to purchase a vehicle, right? How to save money. Um, they even talked very briefly about investing money. And I thought it was great. And again, they had a budget that they had to spend or save throughout the year. The, the thing that I did not like was at the very end, whatever money they had left, they basically said, all right, now buy anything you want, right? Hypothetically, what, what's one, th- buy anything you want. And my daughter's like, oh, I want this car and I want these things. And, and I was like, ah, oh, it's such, a, such a, a tough way to end it, right? They put so much yeah. work and effort into this program. And then at the end, they learned that what they saved, they just spend on kind of the wants, right? Not yeah. necessarily looking at the future and the needs, but. Again, I think financial education in school is huge. I think it's it's very, very important. Need to get in there and be like, you know, if, if you took this money and invested it, <laughs> yeah. you know, 10 years from now, look at everything you would have. Yeah. <laughs> look at our Smart Start Savings account. We can we can help you with that. <laughs> exactly. Sixth grader doesn't want to hear that. They want to no, hear the fun stuff. They do. They want the shoes and the, the <laughs> bikes and all the all the, the fun, cool stuff. Yep. 
I guess if we want it to stick, we got to We got to add some of the, some of the fun stuff in there. Yes. It can't just all be, <laughs> all be vegetables. You got to have, you know, the candy and cake sometimes. Yep. All right. So, uh, Katie, what are some common misconceptions parents have about educators or individuals in the education field? Um, I guess the biggest one is about like the time that we spend. I've already mentioned that I'm currently in my classroom. So you always hear like, oh, teachers only work eight to three for nine months. And yes, that might be true for some people, but that's not the case, I would say, for most people. And if you think about all the things that a teacher has to get done, um, lesson plans, bulletin boards, working on curriculum, uh, students with disabilities have uh, IEPs, you have to email parents, you spend so much extra time that's technically unpaid because we have a contract. The contract says this is what you work, you come in eight, you leave at three, and it's from September to June. But for the amount of work that you need to get done to be a good teacher, really, you have to spend so much extra time doing, doing school stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, to, to just also note for our listeners who, who are listening to this, cause we're actually probably not publishing until it's people are back in the classroom. We're, uh, we're in early August right now. So <laughs> it is not, it is not a time where many teachers are typically in their classrooms, but those that are starting to get things ready, um, they are definitely there getting things ready and, and preparing. So, uh, I like that. I see what you did there, Grant. You want people thinking that Katie's preparing two weeks after school starts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a month. It, school starts in a month. Um, a second misconception I think we've already kind of touched on is how classrooms are stocked. So it depends. Does it come from the district? Does it come from the teacher? Um, like I had previously mentioned, my district is good about having most of the supplies that I need. And each teacher has a budget that um, will buy things for the upcoming school year, but it doesn't cover everything. So like the fun stuff. I will buy my kids uh, birthday pencils or candy or prizes and things like that. And like it's small things, but it does add up. And I do that because I have the financial means and that's not something that everybody can do. So um, if, if teachers are able to, they definitely do. And um, I know we're kind of running out of time, but it's just a quick story. I had been teaching sixth grade and um, one of the last days before we had winter break, uh, we were watching a movie and I had the Christmas lights on and I baked my kids cookies and I sent them all home with a, a little packet of it was like Swiss Miss hot chocolate and marshmallows. And I was like, have a great break and sent them off into the world. And then I got moved up to the high school and I had that same group of kids again in ninth grade. And this one girl told me that she has this core memory of sixth grade of sitting in my room, eating the cookies. And she had that hot chocolate over winter break and it stuck with her three years later. And I was like, this is a perfect reason why I can, I can say to myself, like, it's okay to spend the money because this is like a core memory for that kid. It has nothing to do with math, but she knew that her teacher cared about her and went out of her way for her. Yeah. I, I will say my, my girls, when they come home and there's anything that they bring home to that effect, they are beyond excited. Um, they, they definitely appreciate. And I can tell you from, at least from my point of view as a parent, I think it's awesome. Um, you know, when, the, when the kids do feel like they are appreciated and they're cared for and you know someone else does really take the time to to go out of their way for them i think that's awesome i think it's outstanding thank you yeah yeah no i you know it's that personal touch it's that caring touch that really has an impact and that's very much aligned with you know 
what Affinity is trying to do and, and how we care for our members. So it's, you know, it, it, it matters. It, it truly does make an impact when you, when you think about it and, and go that extra mile. All right. So, uh, we're going to pivot real quick over to our member mailbag segment, and I will be once again reaching on into the member mailbag. Uh, if you have a question or comment for our future member mailbag segment, you can send it to at AffinityFCU on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag member mailbag. Uh, and here's our question from our member. Uh, I have two kids who are eight and six years old. I don't have any money saved for their college education. I know how expensive college can be, and I don't want to, to, uh, I don't want them taking out any massive loans when the time comes. I don't really have any room in my budget right now to put away money for college. So I was curious, any tips you had for saving for college when your budget doesn't really allow for it? This one is actually one that we could probably spend an entire podcast talking <laughs> about. Um, but, you know, I want to keep this moving along uh, real quick lightning round. Uh, Sean, what's what's your one tip for, yeah, for this? I, um, there's, I would say this, there's financial resources out there for um children when they do go to college, right? There's, there's financial aid potentially. Um, one thing that I'm very big on too is I know it's a fine line, but at the same point, you can't put yourself in a situation where you're going to really, really struggle just to put your kids through school to not have loans when they come out the other side. Um, I think it's important to really look at that from both lenses and balance what you can afford and what you just can't afford. Um, College is not for everybody also. So again, I think anything you can put away is very, very important. But at the same point, um, live within your means. And if it's just something you cannot do right now, um, I think it's a, a phenomenal idea to kind of continue to you know work hard. We talked about side hustles in an episode. Maybe there's a way you can make some extra money. But at the same point, I think focusing first on your financial well-being this should be something that comes along down the road once you are in a, in a position where you're able to save some money and, and have that emergency fund as well. Yeah. I, I love that they're thinking about this so early, you know, 10, 12 years in advance. Um, and, and, you know, likely their situation is going to change over the years. And when they're in a place to put away money, great. But to your point, not everybody is college bound. Not everybody wants to go to college. There's plenty of other perfectly affordable options out there, trade schools, community colleges, things like that. There's lots of support uh, functions for that. Um, you know, and, and maybe your student taking out some student loan debt isn't the worst thing in the world. Maybe it will help them teach them responsibility. So you shouldn't put all that pressure on yourself to make it your responsibility. Um, they'll definitely be involved in that conversation too. So, um, but of course, everybody's financial situation is different. Come talk to us. Come, come, you know, have us look at your finances to see if there, maybe there is a way to, to cut your budget and save a little bit. Um, Cause even if it's just a few dollars, every little bit counts. All right. Uh, we're going to jump over to our product spotlight. And today we're talking about our cash back debit. Uh, if you're looking for a checking account worthy of the Dean's list, look no further than Affinity's cashback debit account uh, for you. As a busy student, you need a checking account that works as hard as you do. By opening a cashback debit account, you earn 1% cashback on up to $1,000 in debit card purchases per month, and the benefits are endless. No fees with e-statements, early pay with direct deposit, and member-to-member -member online banking transfers. Super helpful for those parents that are sending their kids money. Visit affinityfcu.com forward slash cash dash back dash debit to learn more today. All right, so we talked about a lot today, covered a lot in the back to school theme. 
Um, what are uh, some key takeaways that we have? Uh, Sean, any, any final thoughts for, for our listeners? Yeah, I think um, back to school should be a happy time, right? For both a, a parent and their child going back to school. It should be something that's exciting. You don't want finances. And unfortunately, you know, this is not always the case, but you don't want finances to be that, that number one stressor of going back to school and trying to figure out how you're going to pay for everything. Uh, so again, I just encourage everybody, reach out to us, have a conversation with our with our team members here at Affinity Federal Credit Union. They'll go through all the ins and outs of your budget. They'll create a plan for you that's specific to you um, to, again, try to relieve some of that stress. So it's it's more of a happy time and you can really be in the moment and enjoy um, your kids' excitement for going back to school. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, an exciting exciting time of year. You know, make, make the most of it. Uh, try not to stress too much about those, those expenses that, that are there. Um, and you know, it's, it's definitely worth it to talk to somebody about putting together, together that plan, you know, use those resources that are available to you. You don't have to stress about it alone. You don't have to struggle about it alone. You know, those of, those of you that are local in New Jersey, you know, we have our two new branches that you can stop by and, and get some advice, you know, one-on-one with our representatives there, uh, Madison, New Jersey and River Edge, New Jersey, you know, please step on by. Katie, do you have any final closing words for our listeners? Um, I will agree that we want school starting to be a happy time. The teachers are excited. That's why I'm here getting my classroom ready. Um, And if you are having uh, financial difficulties with things, reach out to the school. Um, There's the free and reduced lunch, which Grant, you kind of touched on, but for school supplies, you're your kids' teachers will will definitely help you out. The school will help you out. So don't feel like you're alone in this. Um, and I do have one non-financial tip. Please check your kids' grades. They're online for a reason. So <laughs> make sure you're on top of those grades. I'm so happy there wasn't online grades when I was in school, I'll be honest. <laughs> but it's out there now. Yep. Yeah, back, back then it was, what were they mailing? Just once once every uh, semester? You, you didn't have to worry until that, that time of the yep. year? <laughs> Unless you got the dreaded call call home, which I'm sure none of us did. <laughs> no. Never. <laughs> all right. Well, all excellent advice and guidance today. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Katie, for being our special guest today. Truly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Of course. And uh, just a reminder uh, that if you have a question or comment for our future member mailbag segments, please send it to at AffinityFCU on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag member mailbag, all one word. Um, whether you're a new or a return listener, we always encourage you to rate, like, and subscribe for more well-being in your wallet podcast. You can visit AffinityFCU.com for additional information about financial well-being and Affinity products. And again, we thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and please be well. <laughs>